0: We're taking a break from covering and reacting to an actual show. We had so much feedback last week that we are doing our first news and feedback episode. So lots of great animation news out there. Um, One that's not so happy, but we'll talk about that. Stay tuned after some ads that we have no say over whatsoever. One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I am J. Scotty St. Clair, and joining me are...
1: Zuhair Lee. Breaking, breaking. We are covering news because we have too much stuff to talk about. Ah, and man, you
2: stole my bit, I was going to do the exact same thing (laughs) And do-do-do-do-do-do, I am Andrew Rogers coming at you with my side of the live news special coverage here You're the radio, I'm the newspaper We can work with that, we can work with that (laughs) Great
0: minds think alike, great minds think alike Well, it is definitely a newsworthy week in the world of animation So let's just get right into it
2: The first story that we want to highlight. We'll start on a positive note and then kind of go from there. Uh, Yeah, of course. First thing I wanted to highlight is we got a Demon Slayer season three trailer already. Like the fact that it just ended. It's only a teaser. It's not very long. But if you guys haven't seen it, I totally recommend you go and check it out. It was it was just all the fun feels of holy crap. We're getting more of this amazing show already. It looks beautiful. And it's a 30 second teaser. Right.
0: Most of it felt like it was a recap of the first two seasons. And then right there at the end, we got the revelation that it's going to take place in the Swordsmith Village, I believe it was called.
2: Yeah, I believe in the manga, it's just the Sword Village Ark is okay. all that they call it. I don't know if there's any more beyond that, but I know it's just Sword Village Ark is what they dubbed it. That's what all of the articles have been calling it all over the place. So mm, mm. I don't know. We get more of our favorite, you know, Haganazuka. So that's going to be fun. I can never remember that guy's name, so I'm very glad you. I did. was
1: just scrolling, trying to look through it too.
0: <laughs> I love him too much. He ha- he has got that energy. Yeah, yeah. Without spoiling anything from season two too much, I think it's safe to say that our heroes could definitely use uh, either new swords or a repolishing of the swords that they have. So it makes sense that they'd be going there, and looks like we're going to get interactions with a couple of more of the Hashira. We knew that the Fog Hashira was going to play a big role. But then, I, I can't remember her name, but I guess she's the love Hashira. Looks like she will also be playing a pretty instrumental part in this season.
1: Yeah, Mitsuri Kanroji and Muichiro Tokito. I believe I'm saying those right? Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be two, okay. but it does seem like they're going with the trend that every arc is going to be in one particular area with a, one or more hashira it's like who's the hashira of the week
2: type of thing mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think there's a chance that we're going to get more than just those two hashira from some of the inklings that i've gotten out of that it seems like this wow. is a place that they all know about so hopefully they're all going to be showing up and i'm sure teaching there them how will be like
1: plenty of engagement but like i feel like the full display of like ability and powers and technique and stuff is going to be like the two that they use because. Um, Obenai Iguru, the snake uh, snake dude who popped up at the end like Serpent the way Heshire. that he right. presented yeah. himself kind of made it seem like he's going to be a bigger factor.
0: Yeah, very well. Potentially could be.
1: Intriguing all the same.
0: Yeah, did we get a release date
2: at the end of that trailer? I cannot recall. Did it tell us when to expect this new season? I don't think so. I think they okay. said from all articles that I've read they're hoping to maybe get later this year, but that's going to be a Big push, but having a trailer this early, a fall to winter ish release date isn't too out of the question. Because also, okay. if you backtrack, the first season came out in the fall of 2019, the Mugen Train movie released in the fall of 2020, uh the mm. entertainment district was fall of 2021. If they keep on that track, we should hopefully have something at least hitting the airwaves in Japan, maybe not in the States yet, as of fall sure. 23 or 22. Rather. Okay. Right on. Definitely something to look forward to. You know, coming even sooner than Attack on Titan. <laughs> I just saw what the next yeah.
1: arc was called, and I'm very intrigued by it.
2: Well,
0: enlighten us all.
2: What, what is it called?
1: Uh, if you don't want to know, then hit that skip 15 button real quick. But uh, after the Swordsmith Village arc, it's called the Hashira Training Arc.
2: Oh, ah, OK. Very cool. I don't want to know anymore. That could, mean, that could mean many things, and yep. I just kind of want to let all it I go know. from there. That,
1: I'm just, I'm just yep. going to share that intrigue and not care anymore. And to change the topic ever so abruptly, I was talking to um, a fellow panda, Sarah Day, the other day, and she found this uh, Demon Slayer OC creator. So she did, like, hers and mine, and it does, like, your name, your species, your breathing style, your best friend, love interest, Demon Slayed, blades broken, encounters with lower, encounters with upper, encounters with Muzan. And she had six broken blades, and I had zero, so I sent her a picture of him, like, with the knife, like, (laughs) <laughs> mad, I was like you're too clumsy with <laughs> <your> blades.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what so that's like Pottermore for the demon slayer world. It sounds like Okay. Yeah, I'm okay.
1: a human with breathing water and dance of the fire god. My best friend is Gyu. My love interest is Lady Tamayo. I've slayed se- 11 demons encountered with three lowers and I've never blo- broken
2: a blade. So you're said you're a human. Does that mean there's a demon option? Can I choose to our species yeah. is demon
1: okay. eater. That's what Sarah Day got.
2: Oh,
0: and I lost it out laughing
1: when her best friend was two. I was like, of course it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what a demon eater is at this point in time, but that could be something down the road. Hopefully that's not too spoilery there. Did she know this conversation was going to go public? No, neither did I. So, sorry, Sarah Day. (laughs) (laughs) That is a risk you take when interacting with our hosts. Indeed, indeed. Do we have any final thoughts regarding the Demon Slayer 3 trailer? Are we ready to move on to other exciting news? I'm
1: glad that they're opposite of Attack on Titan actually
0: communicating with
1: us. That's all I have.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: It's very nice.
0: Okay, next up on the docket we have, you know, you may take this however you will. Delays aren't necessarily a bad thing if it results in a better product, but I know we were all very excited to get Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part 1 this October, but Deadline Hollywood is reporting that they have Sony Pictures has moved the date from October 7th to next year, June 2nd, 2023. So we have to wait more than a full year to see the continuation of Miles Morales' story. But uh, I, I think they have good motives uh, for doing that. And it's also worth mentioning the, the sequel to that one, Part 2 has been uh, dated for March 29th, 2024. And taking Ooh. its place on October 7th is uh, now a film called Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile from Josh Gordon and Will Speck. Uh, I guess that is an adaptation of a children's book from 1962. And I guess HBO Max had previously done an
2: animated special about that one. I, I don't even know how to take the fact that they're replacing it with an old children's book, but because that that was very much news to me in that moment. Actually, oh, okay well i'm hoping it results in a better product but a delay of what is that about nine months maybe eight that's a that's a long delay to suddenly have just appear out of nowhere like this so I, i'm a little sad but i think it will pay off it's just it's also hard that they announced this is only a part one so now i have to wait even longer for part two It for sure it's a lot but that first film i think they said took like five six years for them to produce Mm -hmm. that first time around so right if they need to take their time the little bits that we've seen look like it's going to be very artistic so for sure i wouldn't be surprised if some of it's taking a little bit longer than they might need and who knows there could be something going on with oscar isaac and his busy marvel schedule that they need to make sure they have him fully available for voice stuff
0: yeah if we learned anything from our conversation with michael DAMbrosio last week our 75th episode a little plug there for you check that one out the scheduling and the planning behind animation sometimes can get a little unwieldy. So, I don't know if it's an attempt to give the animators just that much more time to perfect the technique, but I think part of it might be strategic as well because Sony also dated their Spider Man spin off, Madam Webb, for July 7th, 2023. So, that could be strategic there. Um, you know, not all of the Sony spin off movies have been all that well received. Here's looking at you, Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But maybe they're, you know, trying to get that character into the zeitgeist a little bit more with a a title like Across the Spider-Verse. I would have to imagine that Madam Web is serving some kind of role. I do not know if uh, Dakota Johnson, who is reportedly playing the character in the live action adaptation, will be lending her voice talents in this movie. Maybe that's a casting they're kind of keeping close to the vest, but it would be pretty cool if they had that kind of synergy
2: going on. They really just lost the thwip sound effect. So they got to go back through and figure out a way to get that. (laughs) They got to comb through it. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
0: (laughs) Got to have the thwip.
1: Check your garages for that one too. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just real quickly before we get into uh, more impactful news, I would like to give a shout out to The Bad Guys. That is another children's book adaptation that actually topped the box office this weekend very unexpected it pulled in 24 million dollars so it was a film that wasn't really on my radar i had you know fleeting interest in it but with it performing that well i'm definitely going to double down on my efforts to maybe check that out sooner rather than later so if you folks out there have seen it and want us to cover it just let us know we'll be happy to do you guys have any thoughts on that
2: i'm interested just because they've got a pretty good cast behind that i mean Hmm. generally speaking is this dreamworks that has animated this or standby it was dreamworks animation correct that's what i thought Dream... universal pictures yeah dreamworks usually does a really good job of picking up talented actors and actresses mm-hmm. and this is no different so i'm curious to see what they're all bringing to it especially with sam rockwell being the main bad guy um for mm-hmm. all, all of our listeners out there who wouldn't know him off the top of his their head. He was Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2.
0: Match was one of my favorite roles that he did, Seven Psychopaths. He was also in a
2: uh, Jojo Rabbit, which was a really fun oh, nice. movie. Uh, if yeah. you didn't get the chance to see that one, that's a fun one to see him do a really good job in as well.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to th- I can't I can really only think of like live action roles that he's been in. He did Moon with Duncan Jones. This might be like his first
2: foray into voice acting that I'm aware of. It very well could be. I'm not seeing anything immediately pop up. No, on his filmography. Yeah, no that that's actually even more interesting. Now I really want to see what he's bringing to the character.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you hear any thoughts on the bad guys topping the box office this weekend?
1: No, I mean, what a little bits of have seen from it, it looks fun, and DreamWorks stuff is typically a success in my book. So, I don't know, it might be like a like a Tuesday night discounted ticket watch for me.
0: Okay, nothing wrong I don't with know that. Who
1: this Lily Singh person is? She is gorgeous.
0: Who does she voice? Uh, Tiffany Fluffett. Interesting. A local human news reporter.
2: Interesting. Okay. Human news reporter in a movie about animals. I don't know enough about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's one of those Dragon Ball Z
0: worlds yeah, where you have anthropomorphic animals coexisting with humans and it's no big deal.
2: I was expecting like a Sing kind of vibe where they're all animals. So this is very offbeat right. for me. Right. No pun intended. Sure. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, okay well continuing on with our movie news we also had another trailer since that's what we talked about the first time uh Lightyear, the most recent trailer dropped and i did watch it today in preparation for this conversation Mm. this movie is gonna be amazing yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can understand some of the hesitation you guys had with not wanting to watch this trailer unless we absolutely had to to cover it for this podcast but My biggest takeaway was, other than some of the story revelations that we got, you know, it was kind of funny. We did our initial reaction to the teaser trailer, in which I speculated there would be some time travel. But then when we got the official trailer, I I went backwards and I was like, okay, I was wrong about that. But now that we have the story trailer, I go all the way back around and I was right about that. There's at least some time travel in the span of 62 years. But outside of you know that and some big character revelations, we finally know who Taika Waititi is voicing and getting some semblance of this ragtag crew. Uh, It was really just getting to see Chris Evan actually showcase more of what Buzz is going to be like in this film and show a little bit of his humor and not be so, you know, just kind of delivering those one-liners that we'd seen so far. Uh, But I absolutely loved the reference to the original Toy Story where he was like, after he had crash-landed into the future and was like, Star Command, come in, Star Command why don't they answer that was like <laughs> straight from toy story one with he he recreated tim allen's delivery almost to the t yeah. there i just really like the trailer
1: yeah it's one of those things where it's like i would have been fine if i didn't see it but i enjoyed watching it uh especially now that we mm-hmm. have a little more of a plot am i a little tired of anything that comes to time travel or multiverse yeah but this is still my most anticipated movie Uh, And that's what I was kind of talking to Jessica Amaya about. And then she messaged saying, uh, I was nervous at first. Like, are they going to do something cheesy and mess up the beloved Toy Story world? Just trying to capitalize on nostalgia. But then with Chris Evans attached, I knew it was going to be quality. And then that first trailer looked so stunning and had the perfect amount of charm and nostalgia and genuineness. This trailer, though, I'm fully in. It's going to have so much heart and I need to start mentally preparing myself. Oh, yeah, my biggest feedback, I wish they wouldn't have said to infinity and beyond in the trailer. They should have kept teasing it and then have the payoff in the film. Which I agree 100%
0: with. That's fair, but it did give me the funniest joke in the trailer for me when he went to go do it the second time at the end of the trailer. And they were like, what are you, you trying to get me to pull your finger? He's like, no, this is something me and your grandma used to do. And someone's just like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But again,
1: like kissing on the movie, too.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was some stuff I I questioned if they were giving a little bit too much away. Like we found out it wasn't the robot. It was her in a suit and that it was her granddaughter. Mm. Those were little story notes. But I have a funny feeling they're not telling us everything. If Disney's learned how to do a trailer, Marvel has taught them very well. Here's how to cut it so that we keep the good things a secret. So. I'm excited for it as much as I wish they didn't give quite as much away, but it's going to be interesting, and it's it's very, very sci-fi heavy from what it seems, because I know, Zuhair, oh, definitely. you just said you're a little tired of time travel. I've always been a fan of the interstellar style of actual scientific, if this is how time travel could potentially happen, it would be going the speed of light, and that's exactly what they're proving in this movie so the nerd in me is very very excited to see how they extrapolate with the scientific side of it
1: there's one this, this probably is what you're saying but there was one like time travel theory about like looking back in time that I thought was super fascinating and it's like the amount of time that it takes from like light to get from one part of the universe to another like if you were to get a telescope and look like in another galaxy, and actually zoom in, like by the time the light actually reached there and bounced back, like time would have elapsed. So, technically, you're looking back
2: in time. Oh, that was super mm, fascinating.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's a little trippy.
2: Yeah, that's I it's, appreciate that. That's exactly correct. Like, there are stars in our sky right now that you could be looking at that have potentially blown up and are no longer exist, but because it takes so long for the light to hit Earth you still see that light from a star that may no longer exist. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but yeah, that's kind of where the space science of the time travel comes in is how quickly you can get from one point to another and light being the fastest thing. That's the closest we have to any sort of time travel is the way that light travels at this point. I just had successful science talk about the engineer major. Go me. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me. I love time travel and I didn't want to get into this on the last Young Justice talking about the difference between the MCU time travel and Mm. Justice time travel. There's just so many versions of it. And I love digging in and having that conversation, but it would be about a two-hour podcast where we just went back and forth, so that would be a far different, very special episode.
1: I'll turn it into 15 seconds for you. It's the scene of Endgame when they're talking about all the different types of and travel.
2: <laughs> but it makes sense. They made it make sense in Endgame. It's so good.
0: They made it make sense, but I do have issues that the directors and the writers were kind of conflicted in terms of some of the lasting ramifications in terms of Caps travels, but let's not talk about that version of Chris Evans. Let's get back to Lightyear. Um, just with you guys' a little brief conversation there, my it was it just kind of dawned on me right now, it's kind of cool that Lightyear is not only just a reference to his name, but it's also a reference to the unit of distance. Like that's Well done, Pixar. Well done. All right. Um, any other thoughts about Lightyear? I guess my final one is I kind of mentioned that we finally found out who Taika Watiti was voicing. I was convinced that he was going to be Emperor Zerg, but in fact, he is voicing a character named Mo Morrison. And it looks like we actually have confirmation that James Brolin, father of Thanos, Josh Brolin, uh, will be voicing in Emperor Zurg
2: in this film.
1: Oh, so I guess he is in it.
2: Interesting. Do, can you give reference to both myself, who doesn't know, and the audience? Would we know uh, James Brolin from anything?
0: Uh, I really only know him by name. Let's see, what
2: are some of his biggest roles here? See, he was in the original Westworld, apparently. Okay. Uh, Amityville Horror back in 1979. So he's definitely more of a of a different generation, I would say, (laughs) in terms of what a lot of this filmography is.
0: Yeah. The only thing I really recognize him from is a one of my favorite comedies from back in the the. 2000s it was the goods live hard and sell hard i can't really recommend that movie because i don't know how well it's aged but i i definitely uh appreciated it it looks like um in the 2000s he was in traffic catch me if you can and the master of disguise which is a pretty diverse lineup right there maybe that's where some of our listeners will recognize him from he was uh jack barnes and catch me if you can fabrizio disguisey and Master of Disguise, and General Ralph Landry in Traffic.
1: And most importantly, he was in Community as Jeff Winger's dad.
0: <laughs> oh, was he? Nice. Great call. We got the sixth season, still waiting on the movie.
2: Oh, I would not have picked up on that.
0: You, you haven't yeah. seen Community?
2: No, I just didn't pick up on that or put the pieces together when I saw the picture of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I was
1: looking through IMDB. I felt like he had a different look in that, but I'm also terrible with like actors and stuff, so.
2: No problem. I'm, eh, sure.
1: I'm nervous about Zerba, We'll see how it is. Uh, my last point on that was that they're totally on Dagobah and you can't tell me otherwise.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was still holding yep. out for those little green men to make their appearance, but yeah, right. <sighs> it's fleeting yet, but we, we got a chance. We got a chance. I would be so happy if it's like
1: while he's traveling towards life speed. Like, you know, in um, Gardens of the Galaxy 2 when like, you just like zip by and you like saw the Watchers for a moment? Mm-hmm. I wanna see that like with the aliens going oh just <laughs> <laughs> like
2: looking at a shooting star or something and it's actually like light year. That'd be cool. That'd be just enough to satisfy me. I don't need a lot, just yeah. a little green. Mint. L-
1: little bit.
2: Well, since mm-hmm. we're uh flying high across the stars, we'll go into our next little news point here that we have got confirmation of Star Wars Visions season 2 coming to us hopefully soon. Uh they've given some inklings that there will be the returning studios some different, but there are some returning that also might be continuing some of the stories that we got to see. Fingers crossed mm. big time. I would like to see a 10th Jedi. Oh yeah. And then a continuation of the one i can't remember the name of but it was like the female jedi that came to protect the village and she had the great anime sword fight scene right at the end and then she went off her different ways from all of the people in that village oh, yeah. it felt like I they left called open. the village if i'm not mistaken that might have been it um i yeah. think that one would be really interesting to get a continuation of because it felt like they left it very very open for more and mm-hmm. you know we don't have a confirmation of a release date there's some speculation that we might get it later this year but we do have uh, Star Wars Day coming up May the 4th and also at the end of the month on May 26th through 29th there's Star Wars Celebration and they almost always have something to announce in there so fingers crossed Mm. that we're going to get some confirmation soon but I'm going to throw it out there we are covering it again because I had so much fun the first time we did this it's we have to do it again for sure I'll,
1: I'll, I'll finish season one before that (laughs) <laughs> yeah the village was one of those ones where it's like it was like an upper tier like I liked it but there was some stuff I wish they changed um, so I'm curious to see like where the story progress for that but Ninth Jedi and the duel were by far my favorites like they were both perfect in my book and would absolutely love to see more of that yeah
0: I'm right on there with on board with you guys in terms of wanting to see the continuation of the Ninth Jedi I think the village is a great call out as well but I also wouldn't mind seeing more from the world of the twins as much as that felt like kind of an exaggerated, like what if version of Luke and Leia. I just really, really enjoyed that animation style. I've gone back to rewatch it a few times and yeah, I'm just all on board for the return of star Wars vision in whatever capacity, even if they want to give us entirely original stories again, I'm, I'm already sold. You got my Disney plus subscription for that much longer. (laughs)
2: yeah i think the animation is the number one reason i'm back in because i think that was one of our heaviest conversations about how good different styles can be that it's not just doesn't have to be standard it can be totally off the wall backwards cell shaded with black and white and singular color and we were still Mm. gushing about it for so long like i want to see what all of these studios have to bring and hopefully some new ones Uh, as well and hopefully we get to hear Zuhair's thoughts on what we said when he finally finishes and also listens to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't done that either nope I'm terrible but
1: if you do want more Star Wars content in the meantime check out our sibling podcast Star Wars Universe podcast
0: where they are currently covering Rebels indeed indeed okay well, moving on, we've got some sad news. I don't think there's really a positive way to spend this one, but Netflix um, you know, announced a loss in profit that resulted in their stocks falling quite a bit. I, I guess subscriptions has kind of fallen by the wayside in the last few months, and they saw, I don't have the exact figures in front of me. Um, if either of you do, feel free. To let me know, but uh, needless to say, they're looking for ways to save the budget and cut on some of their extraneous spending. So, unfortunately, they're looking at animation as one of the first uh, places to do that. And it is particularly sad news for me because I've I've often kind of anecdotally mentioned how I I haven't had a Netflix subscription in a long time. I kind of prefer HBO Max and Hulu these days. I think they have some really strong animation themselves, but Having finally regained access to Netflix, I did see the Mitchells versus the Machines, which has been much celebrated by our listenership, and I'm really kicking myself for not checking out sooner. It was absolutely delightful. I love the animation style, I love the characters, and I love the action. I love the laughs. It was just a really, really solid film, and I'm glad it got the awards recognition that it did. I do think it's a little bit of a shame that in Kanto, as much as I love that movie. Um, did su- did such of a sweep at the Oscars but great to see that movie get some recognition and then uh, I did finally check out at least the first episode of Arcane and I'm absolutely blown away by the animation style there
2: yeah and that's part of the big question as they've announced that they're going to be pulling back a little bit on the animation is what happens to these great shows that they've It feels like they've pumped out more animated content than they have live action, just that the Mm. live action is generally a little bit more popular due to the way that some people obviously, you know, consume animation differently than us. But they have a number of video game titles under their belt, Mm. uh, Castlevania, Arcade. uh, I just started watching the Cuphead show, which is just irreverent based off of the game. And there's so many good things that they're doing. Outside of that as well with Big Mouth and then they did the Big Mouth spin off show from there because of how popular that was. So Hmm. it's just crazy to me that that's where they're looking to go. But also to kind of answer your question, they lost $54 billion in market capital just because of that dive in stocks. They announced, I think they were down like 400,000 subscribers or something. And I was sitting in class with my buddy last Thursday and he pulled up the stock ticker. And it literally, you watched it go from $500 per share to $300 over the course of a couple of hours. It was a straight down line, which stock people don't usually like to uh, see when they're dealing with these things. Mm. Certainly not. Yeah.
1: It's a good time to falling
2: faster than black widow did. Sorry. Ooh.
1: Wow. I I can't even
2: say too soon because that's like three three years ago. Very
0: uncalled for dude. I regretted it as soon as I said it.
2: It took a second too.
1: I was like, wow, this is not that one hurt. I was like, did I really hear that? Did I just heard the splat in my head and went, Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't appreciate that. All right. Fall, fell faster than Mufasa. Is that is that better? Nope. You should just <laughs> quit while you're
2: at it. I'm not appreciating any of this. Well, it since happened. we've talked it enough happened. about falling, I guess I can uplift us with our uh, last news piece that I have here. Sure. All right. So this one is totally off the walls. I'm guessing a lot of people haven't heard of this, but it's an awesome both news point and something that I discovered that I wanted to make everyone aware of. There is something going on at the time of listening. Uh, It will be two days from now. On April 27th and 28th, there is the second Afro Animation Summit. And Afro Animation is this... A company that has put together a summit uh, for black animators that they have announced, and they currently have 3,400 creators coming together, along with sponsorships from major animation studios, including uh, Disney, Sony, uh, DreamWorks. They're all sponsoring And then they're doing a whole two-day session of panels about how to get into the industry, what it's like to be in the industry. Uh, People from Disney and Sony have volunteered to speak about what it's like to work at those companies. So there's a lot of awesome information about what it's like, as well as they're doing a short film contest. They have 15 short films that are going to be put up on there. Anyone who registers for this gets the opportunity to vote. I think they said 40% of the voting is going to be done by viewers. The rest is going to be done by the panel of experts that they have across the creator space. And I forgot to mention at the top, this is totally a hundred percent free. All you have to do is go online and register and you could be a part of this awesome animation summit. It's just something that I found that's really cool. That is a community based event. Um, I know I'm going to be too busy to be a part of it, but I'm going to try and at least register so I can see some of the short films because I believe Mm -hmm. it says on their website, if you register, you get a viewing opportunity to see all of them. Uh, we also should have said at the top, we're going to have a document that is going to have links to the trailers we talk about today, some of the news articles, and I'm going to have all of the Afro animation stuff linked in there, as well as a list of what those short films are. Some of them are available on YouTube. Some of them are behind paywalls. But again, if you register for this, it's totally free and totally awesome that you could do this. And we're not a paid sponsor or partner or anything. I do want to throw that out there as well. It kind of sounds like Mm -hmm. I'm doing an ad read right now. This is just an (laughs) awesome thing that I found that I wanted to put out into the airwaves. That seems like a really cool thing to be a part of, especially coming from the fans of animation that we are.
1: You know, you're excited about something when you have to clarify that you're not being sponsored to talk about it. This is true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I went off a little bit on that. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it to the table. It was something I wasn't aware about, but it's combining a few of my favorite things, community, animation, and the fact that it's free. So definitely appreciate you bringing it to our attention. And it's just exciting to see animation get that kind of foothold and there'll be that level of interaction between, you know, people that are looking to get into the industry with people that have actually done it. It's just really uh, inspiring. And yeah, you mentioned that link that will have all the trailers that we mentioned as well as the information for Afro animation uh, that will be in the show description. So keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah. Anytime that there's uh, access to education, whether it's something you pursue in the future or just better understanding of how people work, I'm always 100% down for.
2: For sure. And especially after getting to have that interview with Michael D'Ambrosio, I can say it's really cool to hear these things from industry experts and be able to have that opportunity. Like We're really lucky to do this. And knowing there's another free platform where we can hear more professionals just makes me want to pursue it further. Yeah, totally agreed. It was awesome to get to speak to
0: Michael and has me excited to you know, learn more about the industry just so we can ask more well-informed questions and kind of educate our audience. Uh, but with that in mind, I did want to make mention that we do have our next interview with an industry professional confirmed. Suhair, you have the details on that one?
1: Yeah, our next interview is with Nina Hurton. Um Some of her, I was flipping out when I saw her IMDb. Uh, she did, <laughs> let me find the whole thing because I'm just going to be giddy. Some of her recent (laughs) notable work was serving as the editor for Universal's Curious George Royal Monkey, the pre-visualization editor for both Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp and Sony's Venom. Mm. In addition, she edits indie projects of the genres of animation, horror, drama, and more. Currently, she is the lead editor of Amy Poehler's animated animated series, Duncanville, airing on Fox and Hulu. And she has more projects called The Second Age of Aquarius, uh, HBO's The Prince, Yeah, it's just, it's so diverse and so many different projects you've been working on. She did visual effects for Godzilla versus Kong, like Venom as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's super exciting to be able to explore. You know, a lot of blockbusters these days and some of our favorite movies incorporate animation in a little bit of a different way, but it'll be really exciting to pick her brain. And it's not surprising to hear, I didn't know before you brought it up, but the fact that she does both Duncanville, And the Prince, I can see the similarity in the animation style there, but I think they are very different in tone. I know Duncanville is kind of like a family sitcom, kind of a la Bob's Burgers or The Simpsons, what have you. Well, The Prince is a very scathing satire of one Donald Trump, but um, I won't go down that political rabbit hole. But uh, just interesting to see that she has such diversity in her body of work. It'll be great to talk to her.
1: Yeah, one of the. The cool things about Michael was that we got to talk about legacy because there was like consistency with so much of one show. And this mm. will be a cool opportunity to just kind of see the diversity of like hitting different things and the incorporation of like how much we talk about actually fits into live action stuff.
2: Yeah. And as we kind of talk about all of these opportunities, part of the reason we wanted to let you guys know this is coming up is as much as we have a pretty good knowledge base in animation. I know that we're kind of on the more amateur side of our knowledge of previs and visual effects. We have some good knowledge base, but no experience. If any of you out there have any questions you might want to hear asked or anything like that, please feel free to send us the feedback. We're going to be recording in about a week uh, from when this is going up or about a week or two so if you guys want to send that into our email we would happily take those into consideration as questions we would ask during the interview especially if you do have some specific questions about the vfx and previs specific uh side of what's going on i think that would be awesome to have some of your guys input on all of that uh best place to send us your feedback is our email address animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com we're recording on my birthday (laughs) and thank you for giving up your valuable time i'll be working anyway so it's just a great way to wrap up my my work day
0: wrap it up with the gift that keeps on giving
2: a podcast (laughs) And uh, before we transition, because I think that's all the news we have, we're going to go into some Young Justice feedback here in a minute. I did Mm -hmm. also want to take this time to plug our Instagram. As most of our longtime listeners will know, I am the one that kind of runs all the socials, does our Instagram. And if you guys are following us there and keep up with the Instagram stories, You would actually have gotten a decent amount of this news. Whenever I see any news on Instagram or social media, I try and make sure that I post it back up to the animation deliberation uh, story. That way, all of us can keep up, be on the same page. For once, we just had a ton of news, so we said, let's do an extra podcast. But if there's one thing that happens here and there, I'm going to be putting it up on that. So feel free to give us a follow, and especially make sure to click on the story buttons. It's also a good way to share when you get news from our story. You can share the story to your friends, everything else it's kind of good. And I love being able to put all that out there. It's better than my own personal story. I I would rather throw it out to yeah. you guys. So th- that's my one little plug before we uh, go on.
0: We need to start throwing like
1: little coffee gift cards or something on there to see how many people check the stories.
0: Yeah. If we need to incentivize it, we will, but <laughs> regardless, definitely it doesn't get said enough, but we appreciate your efforts there, Andrew. It's always a job. Very well done. And right real quickly before we move on to feedback with that in mind, just the interaction and the the sharing of stories and whatnot. I will encourage everybody that's listening. It's exciting to get these guests and whatnot, but while you're you're listening, if you could just stop what you're doing right now, give us a rating, a review, share the show with someone that, you know, will appreciate this passion and interest for animation. That would be tremendous, tremendously helpful for our growth and help us to bring in even bigger and better guests, which is something we're definitely excited to do. So Thank you, as always, for listening. Let's tackle this feedback. Sounds good.
1: Feedback. So yeah, we just had a lot going on, so we couldn't hit feedback like for the episode as much as we got. So we are going to hit them now. All right, so our first feedback is from TJ Stafford. In the original DC animated universe, and I believe the comics as well, if I'm not mistaken, Orion is in fact the son of Darkseid. At the end of the war between Apocalypse and New Genesis, part of the peace treaty involved in the exchanging of Darkseid and the Highfather's infant son. Highfather then raised Orion as his own, and Darkseid raised the boy that would become Scott Free, aka Mr. Miracle. This deal doesn't go Darkseid's way. Mr. Miracle falls in love with the captain of Darkseid's guard, Big Barda, and they escape Apocalypse together and become heroes on Earth. As for Orion, he grows to hate Darkseid more than anyone else and becomes one of his staunchest enemies. I'm sure that just like last time, the show will answer your question But before I do, but I wanted to throw this out here. And thanks, TJ
2: Stafford. Well, thank you so much for writing in, TJ. Yeah. I was going to ask, do we want to read Fabian's at the same time? It seems like they had some similar thoughts. Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: So again, for Young Justice episode 18, just listen to the podcast. Great to have Zuhair back. Thank you. With regard to Orion, <laughs> he is the biological son of Darkseid. In the comics and other animated series, New Genesis and Apocalypse have a peace treaty finalized with trading sons. Orion was raised by Highfather and New Genesis, and Scott Free, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle, was raised on Apocalypse by Granny Goodness until he escapes. Orion is usually portrayed as having anger issues inherited by his biological dad. Also, Armageddon is a city or district in Apocalypse, not its own planet. Can't wait for the next episode of Young Justice in the podcast. Thanks, guys. Fabian D.
0: Very good. Very good. And while Fabian is while Fabian's name is in is being mentioned here, uh, Fabian, if you would let us know if it's Fabian or Fabian, I believe it's probably Fabian. But if we're pronouncing that wrong, just correct us and we will uh, adjust going forward. But yeah, between TJ and Fabian, uh, I think that's some solid comics. Information there definitely nice to get the clarification about Armageddon, and yeah, I think somewhere in the back of my mind I knew a little bit about Mister Miracle, Scott Free, and definitely just appreciate that play on words. You know, I have a cursory knowledge of Kirby's Fourth World and whatnot, but a lot of those details are buried in the recesses of my mind and whatnot. So it'll be exciting to see how the show fleshes out some of these details, or maybe. Takes it in a different direction to keep, you know,
2: even staunch comic book fans on their toes. Yeah, it's interesting because we had that one female character we thought was Big Barda earlier in the Mm. season. And correct me if I'm wrong, was Mr. Miracle not one of the people they were talking about uh, for the Justice League Reserves? Not that I can recall. Okay, I could be thinking of someone different. But in my head, I was like, hmm, interestingly, we have these couple of other side characters that these guys brought up in the email that. Could potentially be lingering in the background of the show right now.
0: Yeah, it seems like the show has a lot to do in terms of the story that we've been getting right now. So I don't know if those are just seeds for perhaps season five. Fingers crossed that that happens. But they're definitely doing a good job laying the groundwork. If that is the case, any thoughts, or should we move on to the next pieces of feedback?
1: Yeah, we can move on to the next one. I think uh, a lot of this was kind of confirmed in episode nineteen and. uh... Mm What we know is what we know. Indeed. So back to TJ Stafford. I have a feeling that you're going to have questions concerning the character of Razor, so I thought I'd send you what I know ahead of time. Major spoilers for Green Lantern in the animated series if you would like to abandon ship now. Razor (laughs) and the person he's looking for, Aya, are both original characters as far as I know. Razor was a Red Lantern who, after a crisis of conscience, went rogue and left the Red Lantern Corps. He was captured by Hal Gordon and Kilowog, voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who reprised the role for this Young Justice episode, and joined them to atone for past actions. He still had a bad enough attitude to maintain ownership of the Red Lantern Ring, but also had a code of honor. He's very similar to DBZ's Vegeta. Mm. He's a lot more tamer than Vegeta. Aya was in an artificial (laughs) intelligence that piloted the Interceptor, the team shit throughout the series. She eventually builds herself a body and becomes more and more sentient as the series progresses to the point where she and Razor develop a romance. At the end of the series, Aya seemingly sacrifices herself in order to save the team, but Razor believes that some form of her still exists somewhere in the galaxy and vo- vows to find her. He is last seen flying into space and followed by a blue power ring presumably drawn in to his hope of finding Aya. Given all the direct references to Green Lantern, the animated series in this episode, it appears that it could potentially exist in the same universe as Young Justice, which opens up a ton of fun doors. Anyways, if you already knew all this and feel free to ignore me, (laughs) just (laughs) wanted to provide some context in case you hadn't seen the show. So I hadn't seen the show, but it also kind of confirms a little of what I said of them just referencing DC content that they've made instead of just directly comics. Mm -hmm. this kind of builds on that that it's like let's just reference this show that people may have seen i haven't seen it but all those i mean andrew you mentioned the references to the show um a lot of this is kind of reminding me of um like halo and cortana
2: oh there you go Uh, i was thinking wandavision off the top of
0: my head that's a good reference too. my mind went to solo with lando calrissian and i can't remember the droid's name but the droid that was performed by phoebe waller bridge a Um, lot of romantic interactions with ais yeah definitely
2: yeah and for sure what he was talking about just because i did a little digging for clarification of my own this character did actually originally like he said or they said uh show up in the animated series first, and I think has shown up in some comic sense, but this oh, is, cool. again, one of their only other appearances outside of originally being in that show. So I guess the real question, I don't know if Fabian will know the answer. Does the number 16 show up a bunch in the animated series? Because if so, it might just be the same universe. Yeah, there you go. That, that one was uh, that one was TJ's email. Oh, TJ. Sorry, I completely apologize for getting those backwards.
0: No, no problem. And I it's kind of interesting. I wonder if Warner Brothers animation slash DC, if they're kind of gauging interest on renewing that Green Lantern series, because from my knowledge, when Young Justice was previously canceled after season two, that happened simultaneously with the Green Lantern animated series that was ongoing at that point in time. So it's kind of nice to bring it back in kind of like a spiritual successor type way and feed that storyline right into to Young Justice. Now that it's had a
2: resurgence due to the the fan fervor,
1: if I wasn't on Content Overload, I'd probably start it right now.
2: Yeah, right. I really hope this is just opening the door for DC to say, "Let's do more animated shows based off the Young Justice universe," because they have all mm. these characters that they could do so much with. You know, they they had their one animated connected universe that they did with the New Fifty Two movies that ended, I believe, last year all right, we need a new animated universe. Let's make it the Earth-16 Young Justice universe.
1: And, like, they could also follow Disney plus the stretch of just having, like, miniseries. It doesn't even have to be stuff that renews. Like, give us, like, one good adventure that our Batman has been on and then another good adventure that Black Lightning's been on with his family and, like, just have, like, you know, mm. five-episode little or, like, short
2: movies. Yeah, I'll be down for that. I just look at that five year gap between season one and two and say they have a whole window of it doesn't need to play into the bigger story, but just, hey, what happened in the middle here? How did Robin go from Robin to Nightwing? Where Mm -hmm. where was that story in this universe? That would be something simple enough that they could flush out pretty easily. I, I mean, obviously, it's not easy to write and direct and animate a whole thing, but I think that's a it's a pretty open door for them to do something fun
0: with.
1: They have the option,
2: for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Either way, it seems like HBO Max has really doubled down on their DC content between, uh, you know, Peacemaker, Young Justice getting renewed. There's the talk of the Aquaboy or excuse me, Aqualad live action series that's coming out. Yeah, not to mention Harley Quinn season three. It's just I think we're getting more DC content.
2: Which also we didn't talk about in the news that they announced they're working on that Aqualad show. And I mm-hmm. saw there was an interview a couple weeks ago that they wouldn't tell us exactly when Harley Quinn season three is coming out. But it's coming mm-hmm. out in a time that rhymes with a uh, shummer, I believe is the word they use. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so content overload for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: know. the reference I wanted to make when you said that Razor was a show character that hopped into comics so they basically have their new generation of Harley Quinn oh right yeah that's a good
0: call yeah yeah she made her debut on she was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm and made her transition from yeah the Batman animated series to the comics and then Kevin Smith named his daughter after her did he really yeah yeah her name's Harley Quinn Smith
2: I'm
1: Harley
0: right, we've got one more piece of feedback correct yes
1: my attempt at voice acting reminded me of the Patrick thing i sent to you guys the other day in the group chat
2: (laughs) did you get Uh,
1: did any of you listen to that
2: oh i have it saved okay Uh, for all of the listeners out there we referenced two podcasts ago that i made a great meme about forager uh And then we proceeded to get Zuhair voice acting, said me. (laughs) (laughs) So just imagine him doing a Patrick voice for 30 seconds is now on my cell phone forever. (laughs) And if you email us saying that you
1: want me to try to voice act something, maybe I'll do it. Who knows? That could be that could be a new like small bit for the show. Anyways, for sure. Last email from Fabian regarding episode 19. In the comic, Superboy Clark Kent was the inspiration for the Legion of Superheroes. They time travel to meet him and then later joins them. Gets in adventures with them, which in time teaches him to become Superman. This was later retconned with Clark never becoming Superboy. This was also the plot of the animated series Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. So it looks like Connor Kent's Superboy was the inspiration on this version of the Legion. Regarding Razor and him searching for Aya, I was how Jordan spaceships AI and artificial conscious who gets like an Android body and later has perceived mutual attraction with razor. I won't spoil the end. I believe it's on HBO max. If you want to check it out, great pod guys. Thanks so much.
0: Fabian. Right on. So we got a little bit of crossover with TJ's feedback in terms of the green lantern ongoings, but definitely nice to be able to get a little bit more contact context on what kind of role Superboy has actually played with the super with the Legion of superheroes. Rather, um, I'm not aware of this animated series, Superboy and the Legion of superheroes. So I'll have to do some research in that regard. Maybe it's on HBO max as well. I don't know if it's a more recent series or a more old school series.
2: Yeah. I was just taken aback. I never knew anywhere in comics that Clark Kent was Superboy. Oh, right. That, that was an interesting note. Um, if you happen to write into us again, which I hope you do, Fabian, I'd love to know if you just read a lot of comics and that's where a lot of this information is coming from. I know that's kind of Mm -hmm. what TJ has said. And just to know you seem to be a wealth of information. I kind of want to know where this is coming from.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: (laughs) I just feedback to the feedback, I guess. I don't know. Hey, all out, all out. (laughs) No, I think, uh, it, the, Green Lantern show is definitely going to be worth at least a little bit of, uh, maybe a watch, maybe some reference for us in the future. I don't know. It's going to be. It seems it, it sounds interesting to say the least.
1: I feel like the animation style was one of the reasons they didn't watch it like back when it originally came out. Very, the uh, Superboy and Legion, totally or... uh, which Green show are Lantern, you, I the animated series. Oh, was it
0: like computer computer generated imagery, kind of? 3D ish, yeah. As I recall,
2: at an eight out of ten on IMDb. I was just gonna say it's really hard because there was a lot of the stuff that came out in that mid 2000 to like late 2010 range that they were specifically putting on like Warner Brother Kids or you know the Cartoon Network primetime After School Time that it was definitely mm-hmm. aimed so hard at children it was hard to get into sometimes when they did it in that way as opposed to you go back to you know, Batman, the animated series on at kids times, but much more aimed at an adult audience. So it got really hard in that middle point where they aimed it all at the cartoon kind of demographic.
1: I suppose. I mean, Hey, uh, Saturday mornings, 10 AM cartoon network used to be like where you got all the heavy shows. Um, that's when like mm. Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and all that sort of stuff used to be it's just once a week at 10 AM Saturday. So
2: did you really just try and call Pokemon heavy? <laughs> I love it, but it's not I mean, heavy. Like,
1: had <laughs> a consistent storyline.
2: Okay, yeah, more rounded, I suppose. Because yeah. I believe there was a point in time Naruto was on at that time, if I remember. Mm, I think that was more
1: tsunami, so like weekdays at five. But it could have had um, like the initial airing on a Saturday, maybe.
2: There's a couple. Back in middle gap. school, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah this is one of those times where even though we're all around the same age it's back when you were that young a couple of years made all the difference in the world Mm -hmm. so i cannot speak to any of cartoon network scheduling during that particular time
1: it it connected with me because our equivalent of sunday school was on saturday mornings Mm. and there was a gap between when it ended and when like Prayer started because our center was in Richmond, so we had to drive two hours every weekend to, you know, congregate and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I used to go to one of my friends' house to catch up on the show because they would record it for me. So I remember like things like Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon. They would record, and I'd go during that gap watch. But then I'd have to like take turns because like oh, I went to this friend's house last week, so I'll go to this friend's house this week, and they all recorded it for me and if there was ever a spat or something, they, like, threatened to delete the episodes. <laughs> so,
0: Interesting. Yeah, so Interesting. I kind
1: of remember, like, which one was on Saturdays and which ones are more on weekdays because I remember, like, what I used to watch when I got home from school and what I used to hope that I recorded. Or, like, if I was sick, then it'd be like, oh, my God, I can finally watch it live. <laughs> cause I don't have to go to Richmond this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me my last kind of hoorah in terms of, like, Saturday morning cartoons. I remember on, I want to say WB, if I woke up at, like, 7 a.m. on the weekends, which was tough as a middle schooler because I that was when I was starting to like enjoy sleeping in a little bit. Uh I would wake up in time to catch Metabots, which was a short-lived, uh kind of Pokemon-esque. It was, you know, all about the young kid collecting, but they were basically robots with like interchangeable parts. Um, that would come on and then Beyblades would come on. And that was kind of like my final
2: hoorah was that first iteration of Beyblades. Let it rip. (laughs) I know I'm not that old by any means, but this is going to come off sounding so old. Kids these days do have it so good (laughs) just with streaming. And it applies to all of us, obviously. But the fact that we can say, oh, I want to watch this cartoon, this show, and we can put it on is so awesome because I, I, too, remember before school the slate on boomerang every day Mm -hmm. it was the snorks and wacky races is the two shows that i would be able (laughs) to watch over (laughs) breakfast and then i would go to school every morning that that was exactly what was on tv every single day and i i loved it it was awesome
1: yeah mine was blues clues and barney
2: (laughs) (laughs) i did have those as well but it was Blue's Clues and Bear in the Big Blue House. Those, those were my two. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I was really uh, young. Bear
1: in the Big Blue, Blue House was more my sister, but I definitely watched with. But I think it just, it got to the point where it's like I just started waking up at the absolute last moment when I to school. So I <laughs> not time for shows. And sadly, oh, that has changed for work now. Now I feel like it's mm-hmm. Sunday mornings for me. Like when Demon Slayer Attack on Titan's going on, like I get up, grab my blanket, sit on the chair, and like pop up an anime. I wish Boruto was more entertaining. I would binge it more, but I, I i mean, like I was once the really good arc ended, I was doing weekly, and then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to binge this later. Uh, but for mm. those three, My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, and Attack on Titan, like Sunday mornings, I was actually like, I get to watch this now.
0: I've never watched... My Hero Academia in real time or Demon Slayer. I've always watched them on the streaming platforms and whatnot. But anyway, any final thoughts, anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I want to know
1: what kind of shows that you guys grew up with. Like, what was your Saturday morning hype and what was your weekday hype? Uh, Aside from that, we haven't done a questionnaire like that in a while. Um, Aside from that, back to sports talk a little bit. I'm going to be back on the 323 with Reed Murphy talking about uh, pre-draft stuff uh, because draft is this Thursday, and yeah, so more football and sports talk
2: over there coming out this week. Keep an eye out interview enter. all right, for sure, and I wanna kind of add on to that call to action. Feel free to send us more feedback, whether it is about the shows that we're covering or anything in particular, because I don't want to speak for my other hosts here. I had a fantastic time just going over random animation things. So if you guys enjoyed this, let us know. We can maybe do news every now and again, or if we want to do random, you know, all right, here's what we watched when we were kids. Here's what you guys watched. Here's our top five shows that came out when each of us was a kid because we were all kids at different times.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great call to action. I concur with the prompt to send in your your Saturday morning hype. And yeah, if there was news that we didn't cover that you have an interest in, like one of our listeners, Andrew Sparks, he sent me a pretty great little clip out of Kevin Conroy uh, kibitzing with Will Fridell, them both having voiced various iterations of Batman. And then he made mention that he was excited for the Digimon movie that's coming out. So that's not a series that I have a lot of exposure to, but if it's something you want us to talk about, All you got to do is let us know. So with that in mind, thank you for listening. And as always, thanks for tuning in.
2: That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Stay whelmed. Until the next Saturday Morning Cartoons, muscle muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation
1: Podcast, a proud member of the Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1 for this and other great shows, you can visit Strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed! You're invited to take a vacation. From everybody else's
2: vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens. And see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill
1: that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome.
0: Running a business comes with pressure. Remote workforces, HR compliance, attaining top talent. You start to feel... Boxed in. Fortunately, there's Inspirity. They put 30 plus years of HR service and technology to work, offering my employees competitive benefit options while lightening my HR load. Instead of obstacles, I'm surrounded by people empowered to be their best. With Inspirity, nothing seems impossible. Inspirity, HR that makes a difference. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go.